Is your product or service stuck in Twitter under what seems like a massive pile of freezing cold snow? Let Overlord Services plow you out and expose this product to the rest of the world. For only $20 for three months of our enhanced service, we will create nifty images with your logo and information and post them on a daily basis. They also have yearly discounted rates. I am a client of Overlord Services. And I do have to say that not only are their services excellent, but they're really nice people. They post up my episodes multiple times per day for all of my shows without fail. And the communication that they have is second to none. I would greatly recommend that you try them out. Head to their shop at co-fi.com slash overlord svcs again that's coffee.com slash overlord services and click on shop below when you purchase their services let them know derek sent you Felix was like, how the fuck are you playing Daryl Hannah's role? And uh, <laughs> and Allison was like, because unlike those other Robin Hoods. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I love Felix so much, but he does not hold a candle to my favorite character, Helena. Uh, I think that Helena is pretty, pretty choice, but Allison is, is catching up to her for me as far as favorites go. I love I, this is this episode had the one thing that I love most about this show, because when you realize that, like, I mean, when you think about it, like this one lady has to play all of these characters and all of these characters have to be distinct. But then she has to play one of the characters pretending to be another character. <laughs> that, that has to be insanely difficult. Like, because she knows how to play both characters separately, but now she has to play the character through the lens of another character. Do you know how difficult that has to be? No, because I wouldn't be talented enough to be asked to do it. I mean, technically, you know how, you know what it is. Even though I take that back because I did have to play Solace acting like Sin. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You know how you know how it is to play multiple characters, um, and you know it's a it's a. I, I don't think very many people could have pulled this off. Yeah, no, no. Uh, did she and Scar? You can look this up because this your girl. Did mm-hmm. she win any big awards for her portrayals on this show? I can take a look. Give me one moment. That's what I just said. The fuck. Welcome to another one. Um, which is a orphan black ass cast. Thank, thank you, Brandon, for allowing me to say what I was going to say anyway. Um, that's Brandon. That's Scar. I'm Derek. Yeah. Yes, Emmys. She's won Emmys. Several Emmys. This show has uh, 96 nominations and God 60 damn. and 69 wins. 69 dudes. But hold on, wait. 
um let me, I'm gonna see if she won anything. Um, she did not. No, she didn't win any Emmys. She was nominated for a bunch. Um, Haters gonna hate. She didn't win. Yes, a lot of nominees, nominees, nominees. Uh, the extra awards she won. Um, and then there's an editing win, a writing win. And then, holy shit, in the Canadian Screen Awards in 2017, this show won a ton of fucking awards. <laughs> like, well, they, won, I mean, they pretty much won everything. Like, I mean, that don't count as Canada. No, I'm I mean, saying, this, this, this shit is, it's a Canadian this is, show. This shit like, is Canada. This is to Canada as Napoleon Dynamite is to fucking Idaho. Yeah. I thought this came on the BBC. It was BBC, BBC America. America. BBC America. And it's in it's it's filmed, you know, in in Ontario. So Yeah. It's you know, they 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 never really say it that much, but you know, most of this takes place in Toronto. So Yeah, you you, you did Scott Pilgrim that before. But what does that you know, mean? I don't I don't I don't know cuz I hate Scott Pilgrim with a passion. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World opens up with Once Upon a Time in the Far-Off Land of Toronto, Canada. Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler. Scott Pilgrim is a terrible fucking movie, and I don't understand why y'all motherfuckers love it so much. Did you say a That's terrible a fucking movie or a terrible fucking person? Because those hate, are two different things. I hate that movie. I fucking hate it. Like, bruh. You can't hate that movie. You can't. I hate Scott Pilgrim. I 100% hate this. Like this whole what? the whole fucking movie is over a chick who wasn't even worth it. Like and th- that's what made you. it that's, that that's that, that's what made it worse to me. Like but, it's but, like all of this was all of this was over you. her and then he ain't even he went through all of this shit and ain't even end up with her. Like you know but what that's I mean? to you. Like <laughs> it's it it just it was just no fucking point to this shit. To you. It's just nerds fucking love this shit, but I'm not a fucking nerd in the same way that the rest of you are fucking nerds. Maybe you were just listening to band music. Yeah, that's I'm black marching bands, not fucking. I, I wasn't listening to fucking Ohio State. I was listening to the Southern motherfucker. But you've listened to Ohio State too because you told me about their stuff. Yeah, they have very creative field shows. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other too long. You can't play the role. Of- they have, I was about they to have- say, I heard Ohio State band was pretty good for a white school band. They're, they're really good for what they do. And to be honest, all of the black schools are based off of the old Big Ten schools anyway. So there's that. That no one ever really, no one ever really talks about, but um, you know the because they they march what's called considered military style, where they actually march when they do they lift their legs, and it's not a heel toe thing like we typically associate with most PWIs. Um, I'm a fan of how you said like like most people talk about this, like most people actually talk about. This, I said most people not. associate with PWIs. People, yeah, most men. people means most of the population, like, and but, none of us do. But there is a but there's a difference. There's a difference between um, what we think of when we think of marching bands for square people and what we think of with show bands. Show band people, people in show bands are rock stars where they where they live. Brandon, where they, I just want to tell you in case you hadn't heard before, 
Scar compares Drumline to Thor. It's the same fucking movie. I would never watch Drumline. I've never it, watched it. Never will. Oh, it's, it's not, on the list. Don't worry. You're going to have to watch it. It's not a bad movie. It's just not a good movie. And the fact that Morris Brown whooped their ass at the end. And just because the one dude looked down, he, they lost. Like, get the fuck out of here. Morris Brown ran their fucking pockets. I feel like Morris Brown life. wouldn't have that good of a band in real life. Um, They were that good in real life. Actually, they were better. Um, Morris right Brown got like 2,000 students. Morris Brown... Morris Brown's band, I saw them in person. They came to Norfolk State and they had a gym battle um, right before the movie came out. It was in November. I think the movie came out in December, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Morris Brown's band was fantastic. I saw them in person before the movie came out and they are fantastic. And I hate the fact that the, the movie limited them in such a way because you can find that fucking video on, you can find that video of that gym battle with them in Norfolk State on, on YouTube, and their band was superb. Okay. And they, so, and, they, and they had like 250 fucking people in the band, and then right after the movie, they lost accreditation, and all of that shit went away. Yeah. That's the part I remember, them losing accreditation and having they, to open back up. They just got it back. Uh, they yeah. just got it back recently, so hopefully they can get it together and we can get another band. Did you say we? We the people the people who love marching bands. I hope we I hope we they can bring that back because I really like Morris Brown. I like Morris Day. He's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. C O O L. So this episode, uh, episode four, was called "The Effects of External Conditions." Um, and at the beginning of the episode, the killer clone continues to stitch herself up in the bathroom while muttering, "I'm not Beth." Over and over again. That shit really threw her for a loop. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, a little boy walks down the stairs in his house in the dark and steps in blood. Uh, the little boy is white, so he goes to investigate. Right. He opens the door to the bathroom and sees the clone who tells him to be quiet and then closes the door or brings him into the bathroom and closes the door. Um, they play games. Sarah knocks on Allison's door and tells her about the killer clone, heretofore known as Casey. And Allison is worried that Casey has followed Sarah to her home. And Sarah assures her that she isn't following her because, well, Sarah impelled her with rebar. And it's, yeah, about that. Um, she gives Allison back the $75,000 and admits to her that she was going to take the money and run, but she couldn't because she has a family too. She has a daughter named Kira. This show came out right about the same time that I started watching Death Note. And so to hear the name Kira in two separate places was just like, oh my goodness, that's just crazy to me. I don't watch anime, so Kira. But you, but you watch band videos. I don't watch anyhow. Anime, so I mean, it's not it's, anime is not my thing. Sorry. Anyhow, um, Allison seems surprised that Sarah has a daughter, and Sarah says that she's supposed to be seeing her daughter that evening, but there's a killer on her ass. So. Allison asks if Kira is Sarah's biological child or if she's adopted like Gemma and Oscar. And Sarah confirms that Kira is her biological daughter. Allison questions whether Sarah should have told him about that earlier. And Sarah says, I'm telling you now because, you know, I'm on Casey's hit list. And Allison's like, what do you want me to do about it? And Sarah asks her to just be available. 
why the fuck did um why the fuck did Allison d- n- d- just refuse to have the rest of that conversation? Like she just stopped the conversation because she doesn't like her. Yeah, I guess, but it it just kind of it's like there's a rest of a conversation you should be having here. But she doesn't like her. Yeah, I wouldn't but, have the rest of the conversation with you if I didn't like you because talking to you would annoy me. Yeah, but if but but if something important as as important as being able to have kids comes up, and there's a, there's, there's something between us, um, no, like no, because they're having they're having, a, they're having a conversation about being able to have kids, and yeah. like it, and there's there's something between us when it comes to that. If we do have this connection with being clones, like why am I not having the rest of this conversation? And I get it, she doesn't like her or whatever the fuck, but there's a there's a bit of conversation to have here, in my opinion. I feel you. Yeah, that kind of ended abruptly. She's like, "Oh, you had a real kid? Oh, not a real kid, but you had a you had a kid like you, you gave got a birth." Kid, kid. And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and then they just like move on. <laughs> yeah, that's my little nigga over there. <laughs> yeah, and she and the, the 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 look that she gives her after she confirms that that is her daughter is just like and mm. like you know I me mean? like I'm I'm expecting them to have the rest of this conversation and they just don't yeah, I feel you. Uh, Kasima has the picture of the blade that Casey used, and she says that it's a new blade set in a much older handle. Uh, the fish is a universal symbol of fecundity. Uh, Felix asks what the fuck Kasima's going on about, and Sarah hushes him, saying that Kasima's just weird. <laughs> I really do love the yeah. dynamics that they have uh, in these conversations. Um, I like her scene, but she's very jolly. Yeah, she is. No, she smokes a lot of weed. Yeah, she does. (laughs) She smokes a lot of weed. Like, that's her thing. (laughs) And she's also like, this is science. I like science. Let's do science. Like, all of this stuff points back to science. If it was something like soccer, she wouldn't be nearly as happy about it because she'd have to be dealing with soccer shit, and Allison would be over the moon. Maybe. We don't know. And And no one ever talks about her having white girl dreads. No one ever talks about her having white girl traits. It's just like a, it's just like a thing. Like usually when white people have dreads, we kind of you know we kind of side eyed it a little bit, but we just kind of let this one ride. Unless you're Bray White. Yeah, I can see that Bray. Bray was different. I don't. I have no idea who that is. Must be he was on Scott Pilgrim. So, um, fuck that movie. Kasima says that if uh, Casey isn't dead, they need to find her because she has answers. And Sarah says the only way that can happen is if she goes back to being Beth, which Felix is vehemently against. But Sarah reminds him that she's safest with the cops, which is true. Like, because they're looking for her, too. You know, so some pops off. I got a gang of niggas with guns behind me that'll shoot at anybody black. Yeah, but the people coming aren't black. But, you know, they'll kill anybody who comes after her because she's a cop. They're not piercing that thin blue shadow curtain line. Yeah. So she says since Art's already looking for the killer, she can tell him. And then when she finds out what's going on, she can tell them. And Felix is like, out of nine clones, one has killed four others. One's committed suicide. One is a soccer mom. And one is Kasima. 
And he's like, Sarah is sane by comparison to all y'all. And Kasima says that she's going to look into Casey further. And Sarah's like, she has a lead. Uh, Kasima <laughs> asks if Sarah has told Allison about the knife. Kasima's more normal no. to me than Sarah. Well, yeah, but that's because Kasima probably grew up with foster parents who weren't on the run all the time and but, I mean, uh, let her smoke weed. If we're talking about normal, who is more normal than Allison at this point? Allison's no, Allison is a psychopath. What are you talking about? She acts, she acts like insane. Well, I don't think she acts insane as much she's, as I think she acts like a business-driven Karen. Yeah, she's a Karen. She's 100% a Karen. And there's a difference between the two. Like, she's got the family, the husband, the soccer mom role. She's living that 2.5 children and a pick a fence life. Yes. And a minivan. Don't and a minivan. That probably has stick figures of them on the back. Likely. Yeah. Uh, Kasima says she'll look into KC further. And Sarah says she's got a lead. Uh, Kasima asks if Sarah has told Allison about the knife. And Sarah says no, because if she did, Allison would craft her Lululemons. And they laugh. I, no I, I still have no idea what Lululemon is. Those are expensive. They're like gym apparel. They're like pants and shit. Well, apparently they're like the no, not for white people. Black people wear them too, including black men. Have you wear Lululemons? I have. Nisha has two pairs of Lululemons, so See? they they were for white people, and we took them over and made them better. They're apparently they're like incredibly comfortable, and men wear them too. Men wear Lululemons. Get the fuck out of my face, Brandon. Yes, they do. Men wear Lululemons. Straight men. Yes, they're apparently incredibly comfortable, like sweatpants. They're incredibly comfortable sweatpants called Lululemons. I'll never know. I want to look see my up. wife wear them and see what the lemons look like. Look them up. Celebrities wear them all the time. I don't pay attention. The only ones that I know about are the ones that Amazon sells that have the picture, and it's like it makes your butt pop. And I've been waiting to see somebody in those to see if it really makes your butt pop, but I didn't order any for Nisha. Look them up, Scar. Lululemon for men. Apparently, they're like the most comfortable pants, like legitimately. I, I ain't never gonna know. You don't like Sorry, comfortable you should, pants? Uh, you should get a pair and uh, give it to How are you anti-comfortable pants? I'm wearing fucking sweatpants right now, and they're comfortable as fuck. I don't need to have extremely comfortable pants. I mean, these are comfortable enough. Mm -mm. See, that's just like saying I got a coat, and it keeps me warm. So I don't need to have a better coat that keeps me even more warm. Okay, why would I, if, if the coat that I have on keeps me warm, why do I need a, a coat with a name that keeps me warmer? It's, it's warmer, not keeps me more warm. I, I was I was really gonna, hurt by that. We're gonna get you there, Scar. I'm I don't I'm I'm not a I'm not a designer type of nigga. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> nigga, please. I, I, I like these shoes I like... to match my New York Jets jersey. No, 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 no. I bought a custom New York Jets jersey because it's only two colors and I could wear any pants with them, not any designer pants. Yeah, it's just any pants. But the shoes, the shoes, I was going to a convention. So I bought some shoes to match my outfit. Fuck yeah, man. But you're not into design. But I didn't buy no expensive fucking shoes. I bought some fucking some little canvas, some little blue canvas joints, and it was it was cool. Let's get scar. We're gonna get scar some Lululemon sweatpants. He's gonna put them on. 
And I, like, I haven't done that shit in so long. You understand how how long that's been? I bought I bought those shoes to rest that outfit when I went to PAX East in 2013. <laughs> done that I've shit known since. you since 2009. Exactly. Put it like this, guy. When you buy Lululemon sweatpants, you got to get the inseam length. You choose your inseam length like you do with regular pants. I'm I'm not buying these shits. Like I'm not buying this. Perfect fit. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not wasting my money on this. Sorry. We're gonna help you out. Mm-mm. Rashad didn't even know men wore them, or black people, because he assumes he's everything that is nice. He assumes that is white. I know. Did, I do know you, you have wrong. some? Do you have some? No, I'm getting some now. I've tried them more. No, I thought I'd grow up amongst all white people like you in Baltimore. Yeah, that's right. I grew. Up, I, I'm pretty sure you probably grew up near more white people than me in Baltimore. <laughs> this, nigga, this this nigga used to live in Waldorf. Don't let him fool you, dog. <laughs> this nigga act like Baltimore is all black folks. Like there's not Dundalk. Dundalk is a, a whole nother part of the world, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't go across that bridge. I've only been to Dundalk for sporting events. Uh, and and, and by the way, Dundalk is like super white trash. <laughs> it's like poor yeah. white folks. Them niggas don't <laughs> even this, say property. They say poppity. Get off my poppity. Don't don't let this nigga fool you. He used to live in Waldorf. Like don't don't let him fool you at all. Waldorf, Waldorf fucking is, Waldorf is a little more black now. It's a lot of black people moving to Waldorf now. But like this, this he lived in Waldorf in a long time. So like, I didn't have a choice where I lived when I was a teenager. I know, but don't let don't let him talk his shit about y'all fool you. I grew up in Baltimore City. By the way, I grew up where they shot Meteor Man. About that, (laughs) get off me, crack boy. It'll my, never stop being absurd. My, so, kid, my, my kid lives in the county. Uh, I've only been to the city a couple of times. So, Allison's sending the kids to her parents' house, and she's canceled all their activities. And Donnie's like, why? And she says it's because she needs some time to herself. And then she says, plus, you have your usual Thursday night drinks with the clients. So, I'll see you when you come crashing in at 3 a.m., <laughs> and Donnie walks out muttering about how he doesn't crash in except for that one time. And I laughed. This was a funny episode to me. Like, I laughed a lot throughout this episode. Yes. Um, Art knocks on Sarah's window and thanks her for being alive. Uh, his, his ex-wife and his kids wanted him to say that to her. They found the bike uh, of the shooter and they found a witness. They go inside the house and confirm that Casey did self-surgery. And they go to talk to the witness's mom, who's beside herself for sleeping through the whole thing. And to be completely honest with y'all, I used to think that I'd be able to wake up if someone came in my house. But now I, I just lock my bedroom door at night because I know better. We have an alarm, and past that, it's pretty much everybody for themselves. The alarm, the alarm don't even wake you up sometimes, because sometimes Brandy will be asleep. Cause she got, she got to work earlier than me, and I'll be like, ah, oh, fuck, I ain't eat dinner. I'm hungry, and I'll go like at eleven thirty to like go grab something to eat. And when I leave, you know, don't want beep me like it beeps, and she don't even have any idea that I went left and came back. Oh, you mean leave, leave, like not to the kitchen? Man, no, like, the I'm fuck leaving. You going at eleven thirty to get some food? <laughs> what? 
I live in a city. You think what fuck you think I live? He ain't got no kids, bro. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> he ain't got no kids. Like that's what happens. Like you can't, you can't. Like when you I, got kids, what, you what can't kids do that. have to do with that? You can't do that with kids because kids, it don't matter. Them motherfuckers asleep or whatever. If you got food, they coming. <laughs> they got food. <laughs> if you got food, they got food. Like mm-hmm. kids don't let you do nothing. You can't go to the, especially when you got toddlers. That you can't go to the bathroom. You can't do nothing. Having kids is a lot like sneaking through. Remember um, that movie, what was it, Army of the Dead, where they were in Vegas, Brandon? Yeah, it was Army of the Dead. Okay. Remember that part where they had to sneak through all the zombies that were sleeping in the casino? And then they wake up all the time. Yeah, that's like coming into a house with food when you have kids. If they sleep, they sleep. No. No, they're not. Trust me. <laughs> they're, they're very much not. Well, uh, well, Brandy doesn't wake up. She don't hear the beat. Most I'm of tell- what I'm telling you is young kids, especially in the 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 three, four, five, six, and seven range, you can't do nothing without them. Nothing. And even if they're in the bed knocked out snoring, because my daughter used to snore, um, you walk you get some food they it's like they can feel it it's like you know it's like like the zombies like they just they just know something something to eat is here and they're coming that's what my dog does yeah she always knows when i got food small children are like dogs yeah because your dog is like your 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 child yeah yeah she's very much like a child she's kind of attached to us though Small children are like dogs with, that can talk. Like, you know? Meteor Man can talk to dogs. So, um, yeah. I, I wouldn't wake up. That's why I lock my door. Because if they can't get into my room, you better have your door locked too. Otherwise, somebody else going to be the victim. That That's little boy was like, really calm in this situation. Right? He was incredibly like calm. Considering that he was like three years old, um, Trevor went to his mom's room and it was dark and he was all wet with blood. And knowing her, she's telling the cops the uh, abbreviated story because she was probably like, oh, damn it, Trevor, you peed the bed again. And he was like, no. And then she was like, yes, you did. Go lay in it. And then he was like, I didn't pee the bed. And he turned on the light and that's when she saw it was blood. Respond like that when it's late at night, but kids have been told to go back and lay on a pissy mattress because that's what you get. It wasn't me. So, um, mm. he told his mom that the person in the house was an angry angel. Art asked Trevor what the angry angel looks looked like, and Trevor pointed directly to Sarah. Luckily, Art didn't know what we know, and so he just assumed that Trevor's telling him that the suspect's a woman. That was perfectly reasonable. I like how they did that. Right? And Sarah was like, hey, can I can I talk to him? And she tells Trevor that it's okay because she's not KC. And Trevor tells Sarah that KC had told him that she would come and tell Sarah to pick a color because he has one of those fortune teller things. That every kid is made at some point in their life if, if you know they're me. 
And so Sarah chooses red. And then the next segment has pictures, which are all a different way of being murdered. And she chooses the one, one of the ones with a bloody fingerprint on it and or a blood splat on it. And he opens up the fortune tiller to show her that the inside is just blood. And Trevor gives it to Sarah and Art takes it from her and bags it up as evidence. Okay, so let me let me let me ask you this. Why did no one take a blood sample? Immediately like, they did. Like they, they did take a blood sample. They said it's gonna take a, a few days for it to run. Yeah, it, it I don't know. It just kind of seemed like there's a lot of blood leading from the bike, and it's just like, well, well, we can figure this out right here, like from this blood. It seemed a little bit of open and shut to me, but well, what do you mean? Figure it out. It's not like you just got people's blood on file. I mean, was and she lost a lot of blood. So like, we're looking at a situation to whereas like, where the fuck is she gonna go? Because she lost a lot of fucking blood here. Well, yeah, she should have been dead. Right. That, that was a lot of blood. So, I don't know. It, it's just like it seems like. I mean, never mind. We're just gonna keep going. Blood, 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 blood. I kind of had a feeling I was coming. No, you didn't. Yeah, because it's usually me. Huh? I said, yeah, because it's usually me. It is, but, you know, I don't get those opportunities, so I had to take it. Word up. You know, like when Steve Kerr got a pass from Jordan to take the game-winning shot, Steve was like, I'm taking this shit. Never know when he's going to pass you again. Even though Jordan averaged like six assists per game. Yeah, but I feel like he, that's probably high for Michael but, but No, but, but what he said was, I never knew if he was going to pass it to me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he probably had his people that he would pass the ball to. But yeah, like, Scotty. Yeah. So like you can get you can get all your assists off of one person. It doesn't fucking matter. Like I don't know when he's gonna pass me the ball again. And like and it was the same thing. Like he did it previously with John Paxson, and it kind of worked out. John Paxson, who looks like um who looks like Obadiah Stain right now. Um, he does. He does. John Paxson one hundred percent looks like Obadiah Stain right now. Damn. So he shaved <laughs> all his hair off. Yes. He he looks like overdying stays. I mean he I mean he looks like he just got finished saying a bunch of scraps. Like he looked like he just got finished saying that. Can't believe you um, called that that quote up out of all of the Obadiah Stane quotes you could have used. But okay, that's um, the that's the quote. What do you mean in a cave with a bunch of scraps? Like that's the that's the line. Okay, so. Miss S tells Sarah that she can come and see Kira at 8 p.m., right before her bedtime. Sarah asks to speak to her, and Miss S, like, you could talk to her tonight. And also, if you let me down, or if you let her down, you will never see her again. And at the same time, Kira is in her room painting a picture of her mom with a mouth that looks like that looks like Heath Ledger's Joker. I was like, that's a big ass mouth on your mom. Art gives the fortune teller back to our art gives a copy of the fortune teller to each officer and lets them know that the killer is a woman. They also confirm that the bullet that was used to kill Katja was a 223 caliber. 
which means that it was a long-range, high-power weapon. The profile on women serial killers is that they tend to suffer from chronic detachment, isolation, and that's what breeds uh, sociopaths. The Bible verse they found shows that she's a religious fanatic. The doll heads and stick figures indicate early childhood development issues, perhaps extreme abuse. She's very careful in her way, as evidenced by the lack of fingerprints on the fortune teller. Sarah tells them that Jane Doe's prints didn't lead to a match because, you know, she thinks she disposed of them. I think Sarah really does think that she slowed it down but didn't stop it. But she hasn't found anything. and She's going to just hope that this plays out before um, now they she find knows, anything more. She knows she slowed it down and didn't stop it for when the conversation she has with Kasima afterwards. She was just like, yeah, I deleted this shit for now, but we got there's something else that we have to do in order to completely stop this. I, I, I'm only I'm, I'm only a half measure, basically, she said. I'm only human. Um, in regards to the fortune teller, every color led to a different death, which could indicate murders already committed or threats of future crimes. And Sarah got a call at that very moment, and it's Casey confirming that Beth is dead. Casey tells Sarah that they have a connection and that she needs to know who she is and wants to meet again. Sarah's like, well, I don't know what your name is. And Casey says that her name's Helena. Uh, Sarah tries to get her last name and Helena tells her that she's doing police work, but that won't last long since she is Sarah and Sarah is Helena. They're both the victim and the cop. And Sarah agrees that that would be bad for both of them. And Helena tells her to come and see her and that she's already given her the directions. And then she says, here's the, okay, go ahead and say what you're going to say, then I'll say what I was going to say. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay, so she sends her the address in an email um, with with a video of her confessing to killing Maggie. Now, Sarah is watching this on her computer, full fucking screen. It's like, bruh, can you just minimize this shit at least? Like, you know what I mean? She's just watching this shit and then looking around, like, is anybody paying attention to me? Like, make the fucking window smaller, lady. Like, what is wrong with you? Did that, I get that, it. that hadn't happened yet, though. That happened when she went into the police station and recorded the video, I guess. Yeah, that was later. Oh, that was later. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. She said she's already given her directions. And at this point, Art has discovered that the numbers on the fortune teller are addresses and diagrams each one on a map. The location where they found the Jane Doe, the rooming house, the shooting scene, the kid's house in the precinct. The only other one is 1024, and GPS, <laughs> shout out the Garmin, uh, gives one address with that street number, and it's 10 minutes from the kid's house on Lake Point Road. Art says he knows that place, and there's a lot of squatters around there, so the lieutenant tells him to let emergency tactical sweep it before they go in. Art tells Sarah, don't worry, and they go to their cars. And Sarah's like, I'm parked further down the way, and she's about to walk to her car. And Art's like, nope. After what happened the night before, we got to sneak together, and drags her to his car. But Helena's hiding in the shadows of the precinct and walks into the police department wearing a beanie so she looks like Sarah, who looks like Beth. She looks like sick Sarah. Why has nobody said, like, why are you here dressed like this? Raj did. Raj, Raj is the only one who's noticed. 
And Raj is like, oh, you look like you had a long night. Because, uh, you know, Helena's skin is white, white. Like, not like she's a white person. Like, her skin is the color white. Um, and she, I mean, she just, she just looks like she's sick. And, of course, you know, she's lost a lot of blood and all of that other shit. But, I mean, Helena just looks like that. But, um, but Raj is the one who notices and like, and she's like tucking her hair inside of the hat. And but to 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 Raj's credit, when she left, Sarah had on a similar hat. She had on a beanie. It wasn't the same beanie, but she had on a beanie when she left. So. I mean, according to Raj, is this the same person? Sarah pretending to be Beth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what Brandon said. Yes. So Raj asks her she had a rough night, and she just stares at him. She goes into the room where all the evidence is and tells the other officers to get out, and for some reason they actually leave instead of just laughing at her like, who the fuck are you? She's a detective. They had on, they had on uniforms. Yeah, they were just beat cops. So they have to listen to a detective. Yes. Yes. A detective is is their superior. So when she walked in and they had on regular uniforms and she says, get out, they move. Mm -hmm. Was she wearing that or was she just wearing a coat and a beanie? She was wearing, no, 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 no. It don't matter what she's wearing. They know what they were wearing. They know that Beth is a detective. Ah, when, sure. when when Beth walks in and says leave, they leave. And then she realizes that her rebar wound is bleeding and chuckles at the evidence they found. Uh, Art and Sarah arrive at the building and Sarah's scared. And she's like, does anyone else feel like they have a target on their backs? But no one else does. An officer takes them into the building and they go to the basement where there's a bloody mattress. Uh, and it seems like Helena's done more self-surgery. And Art surmises that it won't be long before she bleeds out. They also see stick figures drawn on the wall, akin to the ones that were in the fortune teller. And there's like hundreds all over the walls. Now they see a couple, and then they turn on the lights, and it's like, oh shit, the whole walls is filled with these shits. This should look like seven. Um, they're unsure if these are all her victims or Jane Doe over and over again. And Sarah's like, or it could just be she draws like a third grader. Right. Deflection. Mm-hmm. Art notices that one of the stick figures is bigger than the others and wonders if that's supposed to be her or her next victim. And Sarah's certain that it's the next victim. Meanwhile, Helena goes to Beth's desk and eats a muffin. She looks at a card and pulls out missed call messages from Paul. And then she sees a picture of Paul. Is she the one who poked his eyes out? Or yes. did someone else poke the eyes out? Yes. Okay. Because she looks at the picture. And then when when Sarah Beth comes back to the desk, um, she, she sees that. But also Art sees it. And just at that same time that she uh, gets the call, just that same moment, who would have thought? Paul calls. And... Um, she tells he asks her how she's doing because he just wants to check in on her. And Helena's like, Not not too good. I got beat up. <laughs> and right. she asks him to please come and get her and hangs up the phone. 
Arts realized that Helena led them there and that she had a reason. And Sarah says, you know, it, it, it was probably a wild goose chase. And Art looks at her like, the fuck? Um, and he and Detective DeAngelis don't think that that was the case. Uh, Detective DeAngelis tells Sarah that they're going to be there for a while, so I hope we don't have dinner plans. And Sarah says she has to make a call and calls Felix, who's drawing Cosima. And Felix asks Sarah if it's his imagination or does Cosima have bigger breasts than Sarah? Oh, I missed that. That's funny. Yeah. And she tells him that she can't make it to dinner that evening with Kira because she's stuck with Art and doesn't want to lead Helena back to Kira. Uh, Felix reminds her that this their last chance with Miss S. And Sarah says she's in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, that's your permanent address, Felix muttered. And Sarah said she has one really idiotic idea. Since she needs to be in two places at once, She's going to ask Allison to be there in her stead. <laughs> Key, the, 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 best, the best moment of the episode. Mm-hmm. Allison is sniffing a white wine when there's a knock at her door. She grabs her gun, but it's Felix who tells her that Sarah needs her help with her daughter. Uh, Art tells DeAngelis to widen the net on their missing Jane Doe to all of North America. Raj sees Sarah and says, whoa, quick change. She's confused, and he says that her whole look is clean right up and looks way better. And Art's like, keep it in your pants, Raj. Yeah, and, like, they didn't notice. that. And I mean, he just said, like, she just completely changed. Sarah should be like, what do you mean? She did. She was like, huh? And he was like, you cleaned up real nice. And Sarah didn't get a chance at anything else because Art was like, stop sniffing the panties. Get a yeah, job. Art fucked that up. But but then again, Art should, you know, she couldn't do very much with Art there in the first place. Roger was shooting a shot. Mm-hmm. Always. Oh, he's, yeah, he's definitely. But, I mean, he's definitely he's definitely not the first in line. Roger's like, I pinpointed the problem, and it's me and you not being together. IT, baby. Well, so, we, uh, yeah, no one is catching these subtle hints of, of art. You mean art player hating? Yeah, player hating anybody that comes near her. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, he's constantly he hating. hating. Yeah, he, he is hating, hating. And then when Paul comes in, bro. I don't trust Paul either. I don't trust that dude at all. He got something <sighs> up his sleeve. I already know. Is it because he's white, Brandon? Is that it? Is it because he's white? No, it's because he's all over the fucking place. I don't trust him. I feel like it's because he's white and you don't trust white people, Brandon. No, you're projecting. (laughs) You've been projecting on me since hindsight. My, 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 my record speaks for itself. I trust I mean, all as far people. as you liking white people. I trust right. all people. Right now we don't right now we don't really trust anybody. Other than right now, it's just the clones and Felix are the only people that we trust, right? I trust Art. I trust Kira. Of course. I mean, but Kira Kira kind of makes you trust her later. 
So um, they go into the evidence room and see that someone has taken all of the pictures of the body parts and put them together under the doll's head to make a full body. And Art's like, it's nice to see somebody's having fun. Uh, Sarah goes off to her desk and sees that her muffin was eaten and that there's a picture of Maggie Chan in her picture frame. She pulls that out and sees the and does not pay attention to the picture of Paul with his eyes poked out. Instead, she goes through Maggie's file and sees the phone. Allison clarifies that Sarah wants her to see her daughter, who she hasn't seen in a year. Felix corrects that it's only been 10 months. And Allison says what we've all said, which is that's terrible parenting. Yeah. Felix tells her that if Sarah misses dinner with Kira that night, she may never get her back. And Allison says that with a request like this, maybe Kira's better off with Miss S. And Felix is like, yo, Sarah is out risking her life playing cat and mouse with a killer clone so that your kids don't become orphans. And you think Sarah should lose her child for that? Which is that was real. That was real. It was real, but it was still a good guilt bomb. Yeah. Like she's out there risking her life for you. For you. That's how how parents do it. They they say it twice. She risking for you, nigga. Fee is very good at guilt tripping. Fee is is really good at a lot of things, including including uh his painting. Did you notice the penis in the painting this time? Yes, when she was when he was talking about Kasima. Yeah, and, yeah and it was in the was, upper left corner. Yeah, he and of course when he was painting, he was ass naked. He paints ass naked. So he tells Allison step up, and Allison says that she did just play a nail and still magnolias. And Felix is pleased, and then he recalls the thousand role that Daryl Hannah played, and he isn't pleased anymore because that was terrible casting. <laughs> <laughs> Allison insists that it was very good acting, though. And she said, I got great reviews. And he's like, yeah, from your neighbors. And she says, Sarah's no stretch. She then does an awful British accent. And that's when I really started laughing, but Felix didn't. He said they need to pull a full reverse Pygmalion. And a full reverse Pygmalion sounds like another great football play, kind of like the annexation of Puerto Rico. Nice. It sounds it sounds like a very complex sexual position. It does like that too. It it does. Yeah. Even though most uh complex sexual positions are like vaguely racist in name. Yes. Allison didn't get the yeah down though. She got the oi. <laughs> Sarah always says yeah when she's done talking. Oh yeah, that's, that's that's how they say right. Instead of saying right, they say yeah. You going to my house, yeah? Yeah, but she don't she didn't get it, she didn't say that. So I thought Mrs. No. S is gonna figure it out. Sarah still well, because Felix was smart enough to give Miss S the fuck <laughs> away from Allison. <Yeah. laughs> and like the way the way she said, a lot, can I see my daughter now? Like the way she <laughs> The way she said that shit was like you were trying way too hard. But this is S just kind of looked at her like, okay, I guess. Well, yeah, you're not gonna think any, you're not gonna think anything of it. So you probably just think, oh, she acting silly, right? So yeah, it's it's is is weird, but I mean, she bought it enough to let her see Kara, and then like Rashani just said, Felix got her to fuck away. 
Because that's it. Just get me in a room and then get her out of my face. Sarah's looking at pictures of Maggie Chan. Maggie Chen, sorry. And noticed there was a scar on her neck that matched the artwork on the knife that Helena had. And Detective DeAngelis tells her that the crime psych people told her that woman-on-woman murders mean that it has to be personal. She says something has to give and leaves. Felix is going through what Allison considers to be her worst clothes. <laughs> and Allison says, Allison apologizes and says she doesn't shop secondhand, mate. <laughs> Felix corrects her immediately and says that they don't use the phrase mate like that. It's more like might. Allison tries again and does better. And Felix tells her that, he, that she has to talk her way past Miss S which means she has to play their dreary history. Basically, they won't talk at all. He says that while he's also saying that the shirt that she gave him is all wrong and starts cutting it up with scissors. Hey, 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 she yelps at him. And he says, not hey, you're a punk, be one. So Allison stops and thinks for a second and says, oi! <laughs> she does that shit really fucking loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god now the scene stressed here. out man even before that she's just like I need some time the fuck out of here oh, husband man. you don't say we don't say hey we say you're a punk V1 Oy! <laughs> yeah but but when she told him that she needed time it was after basically um Sarah had already told her that she needed to be on standby for whatever the fuck went down that day. So that's the reason why she got him, you know, the, that is she true. got the kid, she got the kids sent away and it was like, well, you already, you already got something else to do. Bye nigga. Yeah. You get up, up out of here. I didn't even think about that part. Honestly, the fact that she was already thinking that far ahead where she was sending them away. Mm-hmm. I just thought she really needed time to herself. No, no, no. Sarah told her that she needed to be on standby. So, yep, that's what happened. I mean, Allison seems like the type of nigga who would be like, I need some me time and really throw everybody else out the house. Right. She deserved it. She, she seemed to be a stay-at-home mom. She needs some time. That nigga last week was talking about don't you know I got golf on Thursdays? <laughs> I got a tea time, nigga. I got to talk to Samson. Uh, Sarah takes a picture from Maggie's neck and gets a telephone call. And it's a front desk receptionist saying that there's a visitor there to see her. And it, it's Paul. He walks over to her and she's like, what are you doing here? And he reminds her that she said to come and get her and ask how she's doing. And she's like, I'm fine. And he says that she didn't sound fine and she doesn't look fine. And he took the rest of his day out to attend to her. And Art comes out just as Paul is walking around. Hey, and man, Art's like, is, is everything okay? Is everything all right? And, and, Paul, uh, and Paul flashes. Like, yeah. does she look all right to you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they, have, they have a real, I mean, it's a real shit between them. And, um, Paul says, the first day back, she gets beat up. No wonder she wants to leave. And Art doesn't know what the fuck Paul's talking about. And Sarah tells Art that uh, she has it. 
she tells Paul that she overreacted and that she didn't mean for him to come and get her that very moment. And Paul wonders uh, what she did mean because she's a completely different person these days. And Sarah's eyes get really big, like she's wondering if he knows and she apologizes. She says the case that she's on is a bitch, and she asks him to come and get her because she got upset. And he tells her, I didn't say I minded, but we need to spend more time together and figure out what's going on with us because most of the new stuff he likes a lot, and they kiss, and then she pushes him away. And he says, you get back to work. Then she gets a call on the pink phone from Kasima, who confirms that Helena and Maggie, uh, Maggie Chen are connected, did you, and that did, Beth probably shot Maggie on purpose. Did you did you notice the error here? Halfway through this conversation, the phone changes color. I did not. Yep, happens. That's a bad uh, error, right? I didn't even notice it. Beth never told any of them about Maggie and uh, Helena. And Sarah interrupts and says, Beth didn't tell Art about it either. Uh, she tells Kasima that Helena was at the police department acting like Beth and that they're both going to get busted unless she meets up with her alone. And Kasima thinks that's a bad idea. And Sarah tells her that Helena thinks they have a connection. And Kasima asks, well, do you? And Sarah's like, yeah, the connection is that we're clones. Right. Uh, and Kasima asks what the police know, and Sarah tells her about the profile. And Kasima tells her that the fish handle on the knife, the knife, the fish handle, the fish design on the handle of the knife, uh, reads Christian, and crafted onto a weapon indicates a personal crusade. And when she saw the brand on Maggie's neck, she thought that Helena isn't working alone. To extreme creationist types, they will be in a, they will be an abomination, kind of like Satan's children. And Kasima thinks that Helena is killing the rest of them for her faith. Art asks Sarah if there's something that she wants to tell him. And she says, not about Paul. She has him wrapped around her little finger. And he wants to know what, she, what, what Paul meant about her leaving. And she tells him that things are messy right now. And Art says, uh, I know, but don't bring that shit up in here. And she says it won't happen again and tells him that she and Paul were trying to work things out. She asks, he asks if Sarah had gotten anything from the killer. And Sarah said that if she had said anything to her, she would have recognized that the killer was a woman. Art says that they're close in, that they're close in the facial rec reconstruction process and leaves. And then Sarah gets a call from Helena, who tells her that things must be getting uncomfortable for Sarah at the precinct. As she says this, she's cutting another line in her back. Sarah tells her that she left behind some things about Maggie Chen, uh, and Helena tells her to Beth to figure that part out already. Hold on, did we get the part where she calls some? She calls someone. Where who? Did you skip someone? that? Sarah. Where who calls someone? Sarah calls someone. I think to tell them about being a clone. I think wasn't that Art? She no, she Art? said no, we she, haven't gotten to that part she, yet. She ain't got to that part yet, but she doesn't yeah. call. It's not a call. Yeah. Is it was, was it a call? No, it's more, just, a, it's more of it's, a recording that she like, does on yeah. her phone. Yes. But um But we ain't got there yet. Sarah uh tells her that Beth shot her. I didn't shoot her. I didn't shoot Maggie. 
best shot her. So if you're about revenge, then you're after the wrong person. And Helena tells her that she isn't there for revenge. Uh, she's there about Sarah and the connection that they have. And she wants to meet in person. And she says that Sarah has her invitation. Her invitation is on a video at the bottom of a video um, of her acting like Beth, confessing to the murder of Maggie Chen, Maggie Chen and saying that it wasn't an accident. Rather, she shot her on purpose. And I'm like, you you couldn't have listened to that with your headphones on or something, dog? Like, exactly. And, and like full fucking screen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the shit was blown up over the full fucking screen, and she's looking around like, is anybody paying attention? Fucking stop the shit. Yeah, it ain't like there's cubicle barriers. Right. You could have you could have stopped this or you could have made the window smaller. One of the two. She Stop. didn't. She just looked up, she just sat there listening to the shit. Full fucking volume, too. And and like, what the fuck? Like, it's I I, I get it. Like, you're not a cop. You're 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 a career criminal. So you should know this. Soon as that shit started, you knew that this wasn't going to be something good. So you needed to get rid of this shit as soon as possible. And I mean, at this point, don't they know not to just trust unknown links? True. But right now she's got to follow whatever the fuck she's being told before she, you know, end up in some more shit with the with with Helena. So Mm -hmm. Allison tells Felix that she needs a cigarette. But Felix tells her that she does not because Sarah never smokes. Uh, he also wants her to keep in mind that an insult is a greeting, but you're trying not to lose your temper. And she gets out the car and she's walking. Her walk was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> like she really committed to this role. Like she really committed to the role. Her walk was hilarious. And Felix is like, you're over slouching. And she tells him to shut up in a way that's very reminiscent of Sarah. <laughs> it was like, that's the best you've ever done. And <laughs> right? Ms. S comes to the door and asks where the jag is. And Allison's like, it's in the shop. And asks if Miss S is going to let her see your daughter or what. And Miss S steps aside. Art she asks, she asks and- to see her daughter. Her daughter. Her daughter. Um... Art asks DeAngelis if she's ever fought a woman and she's like professional or, or personal. And Art is thinking that Sarah telling him that she didn't know Helena was a woman didn't sit right with him. But let's be, uh, uh, my problem is job, it wasn't Art. a fight. It wasn't a fight. She followed her. Helena disappeared and then hit her over the fucking head with a fucking two by four. Like, and then while she was on the ground, that's when she said whatever she was going to say, and I'm not Beth or whatever. But, like, let's be honest, it wasn't a fight. Helena hit her in the fucking head from behind with a fucking team. Yeah, but you act like Sarah told the truth. That's not what she said. Right. But like, she said it was a struggle, and it was from it was from behind, and we had a struggle, and then she got away. I couldn't get a good look at her. Yeah, so even with that statement, it was a struggle. She came at me from behind. So and Art is saying, and Art is no. She said she hit me from, she jumped me from behind, and then we had a struggle, and I didn't get a good look at her. And Art saying that you know, if you had a struggle, if you had a struggle with a woman as opposed to a man, you would know the difference. You would know the difference. A, a woman that small, I'm, I'm not. Yes, you would know the difference. Look how small Tatiana is compared to like 
an average size man, just like the average size man. She's probably what seventy pounds less. She's probably like she's probably one hundred and forty pounds. But uh, but five, five six. But my thing is the first the first shot was a shot to the back of the fucking dome. How do you? And Tatiana's five four. Um, uh, I just looked that up. Uh, but like the first the first shot was a shot to the dome from behind. So like whatever happens after that happens after I got hit in the fucking head by a two by four. Even if we did struggle, like the first thing was I got hit in the back of the fucking head. So like oh. I'm not clear on all of this. Art figured it out. He's a genius. Genius black man. Art is that nigga, though. I fuck with Art. But, like, come on, man. Skate in the back of the head. Okay. So, D'Angeli says she might just be working things out with her boyfriend because they don't know where Sarah is. But Sarah's on her way to meet Elena. Art finds the picture of Paul with the eyes gouged out on Sarah's desk. Uh, he then sees the Maggie Chan file and a notepad with the impression of an address on it. And he realizes that the address on the notepad is the same as Maggie's. That's some good detective work right there. He tells D'Angelis to mind the store and leaves for the address. Kira comes downstairs with the Joker picture and Allison goes to see the picture. Uh, Felix and Miss S go into the kitchen and Allison asked Kira for the hug. Kira did some really good acting in this uh, episode, by the way. Uh, Kira looked apprehensive, though, and Allison apologized for not seeing Kira for a long time, but says they can change all of that and see each other more. And Kira looks her dead in the eye and tells her, you're not my mom. Yeah, she's a pretty good child actress, I will say that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she did anything else. Like, there's all of those... I don't know. I don't know After... children's movies. After it, it, it looks like after Orphan Black, not really. She did some stuff during, but yeah, I don't know any children's movies. I was, I was thinking, but like, but she, but there was the the Carrie remake. She played young Carrie. Oh, okay. Um, Sarah goes to the address as Allison tells Kara, "Of course, I'm your mom, and not to be silly, who else would I be?" And Kara says, you look just like her. And Allison says, I'm her. And Kara's like, what other nicknames? What nicknames do you have for me then? And Allison's like, monkey. And Kara asks, what are the other ones? And I was like, there's other ones? Right? (laughs) Because she only calls her monkey. And Allison says, monkey bum face. Which, why would you call your kid monkey butt face? No, the, like the the thing about it is like she was just coming up with words. She was like oh, no. monkey bum face. Hey. <laughs> like like she was like, I got I I got it though. But at the other, but on the other hand, I I don't know any black people who will call their child monkey. And I cringe Ooh. every single time I hear them say it on the show. I had I had a uh I had a situation um where my ex and her grandchildren. Her grandchildren are biracial, uh, and she was doing the whole um, "No More Monkeys on the Bed" song, mm-hmm. and I was like, Ugh. "I was like that, you know." You do realize those are little black children, right? And you don't really relate uh, black children with anything simian in nature. Sorry, like, don't, no, don't do that. It's because monkeys and black people, Brandon. You, you looked. 
Like you didn't agree with that thought. No, I get it. That's just, you know. Yeah. It's fucking kids. Like some some people say that that's the that was the origin of black people in the Bible. I've heard I've heard people refer to black kids as monkeys. Because King King came back. I've seen old black people say y'all jumping around here like a bunch of monkeys and stuff like that. Yeah, but like that's old black people who probably still sing Negro spirituals. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's innocent to me. It's to me, it's different than like a racist white person calling someone a monkey. I, I feel like. There's obvious nuance here. I mean, it's I'm not <laughs> look. I'm not referring to black people as anything that uh, Uncle Ruckus uses regularly. Yeah, that feels like a good rule. And other than niggas, like I mean, I call them niggas all the time. But like, other than that, like, nah. Don't you trust them new niggas over there? So if I go like this, and you say I beat my chest like a gorilla, that's racist. But you're I feel literally, like if a white person you're said lit- that to me, I'd be like, "Yeah, I was beating my chest like a gorilla." You're, but I mean, in that case, you're literally banging on your chest like a gorilla. But like, <laughs> yes. but how? But like, with the 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 way the way that they described. Uh, Serena when she did the crip walk. Well, yeah, and they said that she, yes. And they they called her all kinds of monkeys and all and gorillas and all of that kind of shit. And they they yeah. talked about her and Venus when they grunt, sounding like gorillas and animals and all that kind of shit. Like, it's, yes. like if you beat on your chest like a gorilla, like I have nothing else to compare that to. But like, <laughs> like if you do if you do anything else that's not gorilla in nature, and I call you a gorilla anyway, then that's when I'm crossing yes. this line. That's when I'm yeah. crossing this line. But if you beat on your chest like a gorilla, I I don't have a choice but to say you beating on your chest like a gorilla. I mean, because you know, nigga, you look like Grod. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I was saying. There's there's some nuance there, and I don't. It's think not it's, it's not just like. You use word monkey, and then there's black person equal Connect- racist. Equation. No, it's it's con- connecting black people with monkeys, or yes. in anything simian in nature, without a without a connecting point, but just referring to them as something simian in nature. That is the problem. Yes, which is like ninety eight percent of the time that white people use it. Yes, and you yes. know, I've, 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 I've heard the whole Bible thing with Cain leaving and how the fuck did he come back with a family? Um, like he must have fucked some gorillas. Also, like, why is it just we are monkeys? We all came from fucking monkeys. <laughs> so what, I don't get it. I didn't come from, funk, from fucking monkeys. I came from Crenshaw Mafia. <laughs> we all came from fucking monkeys. See, we're all. We're I'm, all from I'm not from Africa. You from Africa? You African bougie scratcher? Why they Why they choose to call us that? I don't know. Uh, Africa is the cradle of civilization. Period. Technically, we all African. I'm not African. I'm Crenshaw Mafia. Yeah, technically, we're all African too. That's a good point. Yeah. Some percentage. Kara's like, fuck that. Where's my mom? <laughs> and Sarah's outside of the apartment, leaving a recording for Art, telling him that if she, if he's hearing the recording, he found a body, but it isn't Beth. 
Her real name is Sarah Manning, and he's the only person that she trusts. He's about the only person she trusts in the world to figure this whole thing out. And Allison, being a sound mind and body, is like, fuck it, and tells Kira the truth. She's like, Sarah couldn't be there at the moment, and Kira's like, why? And Sarah draws her gun and goes down the hallway, and a random Cantonese woman pops her head out the door and almost gets blacked. Yep. She almost gets blacked. Get the fuck back in the house! <laughs> That's what she should have said. You mean like the dude on The Professional? Go in the house. After he Get shoots right past your head. Mm-hmm. That happened in Cyberpunk, too. When you're walking through a building and somebody gets out and you got to push them back in the fucking house, in their fucking house. I didn't play Cyberpunk. It was too buggy. They just did a big update, in a, like a PS5 and Xbox X update and added all this new stuff. Apparently, it's like the best now. Um, yeah, but, isn't but it like I did. Three I did years see old now. No, one year, or two years it's old. One year, it's one year old. One year old. Um, but but the uh, one of the people that I watch, um, he still had a bug where uh, after the beginning of the game where he's being driven somewhere, when he gets out of the car, he has no HUD for the whole rest of the game. His HUD just disappears. So, like, when he has conversations, he can't see what he's choosing for the conversations because he has absolutely no hood. He should just start a new game. He's going to have to. They That's just up. updated the game on Wednesday. It's right. like a just huge it on update. Wednesday too. It's like 70 gigabytes, a huge upgrade. Yep. Yeah. Let's talk about these updates and upgrades and all that because from what I hear at this juncture – Call of Duty Warzone takes up like almost your whole damn hard drive. Um, if you haven't, if you have an Xbox S, <laughs> you don't have very much space. I have an Xbox S, a Series S, and I have basically three hundred gigs I can actually use. And I'm glad I don't play Call of Duty. I have I have about five games on it, and I downloaded Destiny. Destiny is ninety gigs. I downloaded it to play the game with someone, and now I'm going to have to delete this shit. But you can, if you have an external drive, you can move stuff back and forth. You can okay, just, so why don't you just get like a 10 terabyte hard drive? But you can't play the game off the drive. Oh, that's because because the, but why would you need to move it back and forth? You just download. They used to let you play it off because the drive. you don't you don't have any like if you want to pay two hundred dollars for a terabyte upgrade yeah, for the why, S- why would you move it off? To an external hard drive where you can just re-download it. So you don't have to re-download it. Some people have data caps, sir. They still got data caps right. on home internet? So, some people do. Some people do. Yeah. I don't. I don't, but my homeboy does. He lives in Oklahoma. He definitely has uh, Wow. Data yes. I also just find out found out that some people still pay per text. Really? What? That's a thing? They don't have, like, a limited text. Even That's the Walmart thing. phone's got a limited text. <laughs> One of their plans has unlimited text, but no, not every plan is unlimited data and texting. I was shocked. Wow. Do they How still much are nice- you paying for a plan that doesn't have unlimited text? Because if you get a Walmart phone, you can get unlimited calls and text for $40. Nigga, you got, they still got nice and weekends? Like, like <laughs> How much are you paying? Is your plan $20? Like, How much are you paying? Is do they still got to pay for long distance? Like what it might be fuck? the phones where they, you know, out on the block they're just giving away free phones or something. But I know the Obama phones. Have- I, the Obama phones don't have no those. Uh, the restriction is on data, but actually, no, the Obama phones do have a texting restriction. Absolutely, mm-hmm. 
Um, that that is true because a few years ago I went on a kind of walk along with somebody hawking Obama phones when I first came up to Richmond, uh, and that was possibly the worst experience of my life. You mean hawking? Them things are free. Yeah, but we had we had to like go to the place where we got the phones and stuff like that, and then we had to basically walk to the social services building and basically try to convince people to get those phones. But you could only get one if you had some sort of government assistance, and you had to prove it. So, like, some people had to go inside of the social service building to get a letter to prove that they had it to sign them up. It was just it was just a weird situation. So then they could have a burner, burner phone so they can cheat on their spouse. Pretty much. But you only got you and those phones have like a minute restriction too. It was. I weird. wonder how it all worked out. Yeah, it's it's a minute restriction. There's a there's a very strict data restriction if you get the one that is the the touchscreen phone because they have one that's kind of like a the the old like candy bar style phones with the without a without a touchscreen and then they have the other ones that have a touchscreen but that has less that has that has less uh um data and it has less uh text messages and it has less minutes but it has more character so uh yeah like allison just basically was like um sarah's off doing something really brave uh, making sure that everything's safe so the two of them can be together. And Sarah reaches uh, Helena's door and walks in on Helena with her hands up unarmed. Sarah tells her to turn around and tells her to kneel. And Helena says that the procedure isn't necessary. And then she noticed that Sarah isn't like the other ones. Uh, Sarah agrees and punches Helena in the rebar wound, which is fucked up. And Helena I'd tells been, If I was Helena, I'd have been like, bitch, why are you acting like a cop? You're not a cop. Right? I know you're not a cop. You don't have to I act know like who a you cop. are. <laughs> Calm this shit down. I'm on my knees with my hands up. Obviously, I'm your sister or your sister. Like, we got something going on here. Um, and Helena's like, I think I'm dying. And Sarah's like, I'll watch and pulls up a chair. And Helena asked where Sarah came from. And Sarah said, I came out the woodwork. And she asked Helena where she came from. And Helena says, God sent her. Sarah shows her the knife and asks why the fish on the knife was uh, branded on Maggie. And Helena tells Sarah that Maggie helped to make all of them. Then she saw the light and came to their side. And Beth killed Maggie to protect them. And Helena says that she can save Sarah. Sarah scoffs and says they have a connection. And um, they all have a connection. Helena disagrees. And she says, the others are poor copies of God's image of human beings. And Sarah's like, but you're special, aren't you? She asked Helena if they told her that she was the original. And then the buzzer sounds on the front door because art is coming up. Sarah says they're all genetic identicals. Her, Beth, Helena, Katja, they're all made the same. Whoever told Helena differently hates her just as much as they hate the rest of them. And Helena says, you're wrong. And Sarah tells her to stay back. Um, Helena grabs Sarah's hands and asks if Sarah can feel it. And for a second, it seemed like she could. Like, her eyes got big. And you thought, okay, maybe she does feel something. She does. Uh, hmm? She does. I mean, yeah. that's what that was. I mean, she does feel something. But then Art knocks on the door and asks if Beth is there. And Sarah tells Helena to run. No, Helena looks at you, missed, you skipped a point. 
Art starts knocking on the door, and Helena she she she's got the gun on Helena, and Helena grabs the gun and puts it to her head, like if you want to shoot me, now's the time. Yes, and she can't because of whatever it is that she's feeling. And Helena looks at Sarah and says, "You don't feel it," and escapes. And Art breaks down the door and asks Sarah why she was in the apartment of the woman she killed. Kara asks Allison how she can be her aunt if her mom has no sisters or brothers, or even a mom. And Allison says it's complicated, but it's very important that Kara keep this situation a secret. Miss S comes by and tells Kara to put on her pajamas, and Allison's like, pinky swear. And Kara's like, bye, mommy. And Allison thanks Miss S for taking care of Kara. And Miss S says she's not used to a truthful word on the situation. Yeah, because Allison she said, said she said she said um, she said that Kira as well, and that is that's because of S. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the truthful word that she had never heard her say before. And Allison says she'll walk uh, Kira home from school the next day, and Miss S agrees. And Felix is like, "World peace must be around the corner," and they leave. And Felix is like, "How'd it go?" And Allison's is like, "Man, Kira knew right away." <laughs> Art and the lieutenant want to know why Sarah was at Maggie's house and Sarah is uh, said that she just took a walk and found herself there and the lieutenant asks if there's a connection between Maggie Chen and the Jane Doe homicide uh, Sarah says no and tells him that she came back to prove that she could but that she isn't doing anyone any good and so she quits and the lieutenant told her the walking out isn't the answer. And she's like, watch it be the answer. And she walks out. At the same time, Helena's walking down an alley and collapses. And she's picked up by someone with a ring who pulls her into a white van and drives off. And that's where the episode ends. It's always on a cliffhanger. Yep. Mm-hmm. Every episode. Always. Every episode. No exceptions. 916-633-1537. Return to Oswald at gmail.com is the email address. You can leave a review on Spotify. You can leave a review on Podchaser. Copy and paste that in the Apple Podcast. And then copy and paste that in the Good Pods. Uh, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast or at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast or on the Good Pods app, you can uh, leave a tip in the tip jar. Can you um uh, I need, uh can you speak to the Overlord people because they still have this the old um, Twitter account before you change the name, so like we get all of this stuff personally, but that that Twitter account is not actually getting anything because the Twitter name changed. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll let them know right. I'll, I'll let them know right now. And I had somebody specifically ask me, um, "Is the show done?" And I'm like, "No." Hmm. So, yeah. I don't know why they asked me specifically, but I, I handle it. Yeah. Okay. People just being nosy, I guess. No, I don't got nothing. Um, I hadn't asked yet, but Brandon is on Twitter at that cool black nerd and black is spelled B-O-K. Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. Um, I'm there as Rashani. And the podcast uh, is under RTOP podcasts with an s podcasts yes with an s 
Um, and I think that's about it. Yep. I, I think, think we got it. I think we got it. Yeah. Um, Scar, you got anything? Nope. I'm really, really, really enjoying the show. And it's really hard to not not watch ahead, but I'm trying to be good. Try to be good. Yeah, I saw half of that. The the verses? Mm-hmm. I ain't watching none of it. I, I that, missed that was... all of uh I missed all of Anthony's segment and caught music segment in which I missed his too. Wow. <laughs> I mean, listening to Anthony Hamilton makes you want to, you know, grow a patchy beard and start struggling so you have something to sing about. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> All of his songs ain't about struggling. No, but he's he, he has a struggle. He has one of those Some struggles. of his songs are about how he likes big women, such as Mrs. Big Bone, Sister Big Bone. That, that first album is, is a classic to me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and he used a Jay-Z um, beat for the first song. That's what I saw him about. live when he uh, sang, uh, what's the song called? You should have called, you could have wrote, you could have tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I can't remember what it's called. His, um, his, um, his background singers are the, are the ones that sing the Donkey of the Day song. I don't know what that is. The, you know, the... Charlemagne the God, you are the donkey of the day. I just love how I said I don't know what that is. You probably can need to explain it to me. I sing it for the people. I ain't singing for you. I sing for the people. But you're explaining it to me. Yeah, and they, they also are the ones that sing the, the church version of uh, Put Some Respect on it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember they started doing like YouTube videos for a while yeah. there. Yeah, the Hamiltons, they, 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 those dudes can sing. Yeah. I'm sure he's like, it's a requirement. Um, yeah. Well, thank y'all so much for listening. We do greatly appreciate you. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Peace out. Peace.
The theme music for another one was made by Makai Beats, and it's called Heaven. You can contact him on Makai.com, which is M-A-K-A-I-H.com, or you can find his beat on the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.